pledge allegiance to the band. It may perhaps discourage you, not as your kidney, or infected with this vicious virus, that you'll be ordered to pay a fine of 75 pounds. I'll pay now to go for it. Just make 10 louder and make 10 be the top number and make that a little louder. These guys are 11. Welcome to Movies That Rock, a rock and roll journey through cinema. I'm your host, Josh Fitzgerald. And returning to the show today are my friends Will and Kristen from So I'm Watching the Show. And we're going to be talking about Britney Spears and her 2002 feature film called Crossroads that we all have a lot to say about. So um, (laughs) welcome back to the show, Will and Kristen. How are you guys doing? Hi. Good. Especially good now. Nice. <laughs> Thanks for coming back. Very doing excited. This. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So where do we want to start? Do we just want to dive in with Brittany? Oh, I don't even know where to start with Brittany. Okay. Well, I think it, it, it's worth it to say that uh, today is the 20th anniversary of the release of Baby One More Time. That's right. It is. The I, album. So I, that's one thing to say. This will come out wow. in like, what, three days? But mm-hmm. we're recording this on Saturday. So mm-hmm. a true pop landmark. I know <laughs> no, it feels wild too, doesn't it? That's a good note to to start with. Is when I was watching mm-hmm. the music videos, my mom was in the kitchen, and I was saying something to her. Where I was like, you know, I was like, Brittany has this thing with it, it, with few exceptions, like a couple songs here or there. All of her music sounds like Britney music. Like it doesn't yeah. sound like what was on the radio at that time. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I, yep. Yeah, I can agree with that. It all sounds like it came from some weird Britney land, like specifically Circus. <laughs> that video played. And I was like, what is this song? That's not what music <laughs> sounded like in 2008. You know what I mean? No, it that's just, true. Not at yeah. all. It and just sort of unleashes. <laughs> right. And she's pretty much kept her musical identity the same for two decades straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is kind of wild if you think about it with compared to people you know, sort of like Madonna and Christina Aguilera and people who are other people who are considered her contemporaries. Or even really Lady Gaga. Cycle, yeah, really cycle yeah. through the genres. And she just is like, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm going to do. And that's it. She absolutely plays to her strengths and weaknesses. Well, she's very yeah. Kylie that way. I guess like a starting point that I that I can start with is I actually didn't like her when mm. Baby One More Time came out. I had a friend who was kind of snooty about her and I just followed my friend's thing. And mm. it, it it's shocking. And I uh, this stuff kind of I, I noticed it watching Crossroads and even some of the videos, but more so Crossroads, where it was like it's it's shocking how much things like internalized misogyny and sexism and all that stuff played a role mm. in even my childhood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's wild. Because my it was a female friend of mine didn't like her because she was a slut who, you know, got in between and sink or something. And it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. And I remember <laughs> taking that lead because this friend was older than me. And so I was like, I don't know who this slut thinks she is like. And I remember <laughs> thinking that I was being mature by having that opinion. Like, mm, yeah, no, I I've been there. Have you? I think we've all I think we've all done that. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, I was, even as a girl. Yeah, I'm definitely guilty of the same thing. OK, OK. I didn't do it with Britney, but I have been, I have done that before. Mm-hmm. I kind of did do it with Britney. Because, did you? Yeah, for me, she just was sort of ubiquitous and I couldn't fight it. So I didn't. <laughs> mm. 
it i you know i remember the first time i heard of britney was when that album first came out so it would have been about 20 years ago i hadn't heard any of the songs i hadn't heard baby one more time anything like that and i was in school and one of my friends just pulled the cd out and had you know the pink background and everything this and um you had you saw Britney sitting there, you know, on the cover, and she has that smiling face, and I'm like, "What is, what is that?" Because that would see, mm-hmm. she was like a, a death metal girl, <laughs> and she pulls out the CD, and she's like, "Oh, yeah, you know who Britney Spears is?" I'm like, "I don't know." And she's like, "Yeah, she's like 16, and she has this song, and we listened to the whole album when we went to her house, and <laughs> and that's I, hilarious." Yeah, and I didn't really think much of it at the time. It was like, "Yeah, okay, it's pop, sure, whatever." I don't know why. You bought the CD. That's not your kind of music, but <laughs> but then we just ended up both becoming fans, you know, for a little while. And then, like you said, Will, I, I kind of got into the whole slut shaming thing, which I'm, you know, not too proud to admit now. But well, I think I think it's I mean, it's good to to acknowledge because it like, it, uh, yeah, I think it's fine. Um, yeah. I mean, it wasn't at the time. I'm not defending it, but. <laughs> you know that that kind of it, it, it happens, and unfortunately, I feel like she has take she took such a brunt of it from so many people in so many places. Like I mm-hmm. remember ninth grade, tenth grade, eleventh grade, twelfth grade, just conversations about her boobs, about her virginity, about and yep. it was just really aggressively misogynistic things about this teenage girl who we really and th- this is another thing that I found interesting, and I found this especially interesting reading the reviews for crossroads is how people didn't know her. So they just sort of created a persona that she was just this, you know, vacuous bimbo. And it's Mm. like the worst I've ever heard about her. And this is more primarily in, I, I think we'll touch on the dip. I call it, but the worst I ever heard about her in her younger days is that she was a little bit immature and obnoxious. And it's yeah. like, th- I, I think that that is too, she paid too harsh of a punishment for that crime. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And But you're totally right about her bearing the brunt of it because it's like Christina Aguilera and Jessica Simpson and uh, Manny Moore didn't suffer the way that she did no and and the times it's where just Chris, her the yeah. times where christina did christina was deliberately provoking that right 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 <laughs> the whole virginity thing in hindsight at the time it was weird too but in hindsight is so weird that there were yeah, it's gross that there was it's really gross converse because i'm like you're still commodifying the sexuality of a teenager even if it's and Brittany was sex. I mean, she was sex, sex, sex. It was something that she just sort of inherently got. She, yeah. she knew she <laughs> I almost started right. quoting showgirls because I was like, <laughs> she learned it, but they don't teach it in any class. <laughs> the thing that I always gave Brittany such credit for, because her talent is also called into question a lot. And frankly, I think that's a discussion worth having. But I did get to know her when I really joined, like full steam, joined the Britney fan club. Was oops, I did it again. Because I liked sometimes, 
I liked the singles. And frankly, the two songs from her first album that I still listen to, like will actually put on and listen to are Soda Pop and the beat goes on. Yeah. <laughs> Not email my heart. No. <laughs> <laughs> but Soda Pop was such a weird, funky little song. And it was kind of like a, a testament to what was to come because Britney's kind of weird in this way that I don't think people fully, yeah. So, yeah. certainly outside of her fans, really grasp. I'm still into Soda Pop. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's yeah. like, and I remember it was in that Pokemon movie. Oh, God. Which I, really? Yeah, which I saw in the theaters, <laughs> and it like blew my mind when it started playing. Before we move too far away from it, I just want to do my standard uh, warning call to all young women that are potentially listening, which is that virginity is a social construct and don't feel bad if you are or aren't having sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. It, it literally doesn't matter. It's the only person it matters to is you. Yep. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate it so much. It makes me furious. <laughs> yeah. But the thing that I always gave Brittany credit for is she was she was a creative mind. And every single one of her music videos was her own concept. She came up with the ideas. She came up, she would write the treatments for them mm-hmm. and give them to people. And so it's like, in my opinion, if you were to ask, you know, what what thing did Britney Spears do? I think most people would say either her dancing early on. Mm-hmm. And the second one, I think, would be her videos. I think she has these oh, yeah. very iconic music videos and costumes and stuff. And so I always forgave the fact that she was just a mediocre singer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's literally one of my notes from watching the movie is I was like, she's a really medium singer, but she's such a good performer Mm -hmm. that it it more than makes up for it. It it definitely more than makes up for me, especially because while she's just a medium singer, she does have such a unique voice. She uses it in a really, really unique and special way. Yeah, I would never mistake her for somebody else. And that's half the battle. It's so iconic. It's for people who who even don't like it. They can be like, well, I mean, I'm repeating you, but it was unlike anything that was out there. And it's that there are plenty of voices and different types of voices. And and certainly in her younger days, she could carry a tune. She still can because the songs are coming from somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah. with the exception yeah. of the Blackout album, those, you know, because that's those are robots. <laughs> you watch watch your mouth. That's my favorite album. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. But it's it also says so much that her single most consistent album, which is Blackout, is the album she was the least involved in. Yeah. Which yeah. I think a lot of people would think that that's a like a negative thing. But I always liked when you you can tell the songs that she actually was writing on because they're a little bit wonky but in in an in an (laughs) honest like in a in a in a real way like one of my favorite songs of hers of all time is from britney jean which is a terrible album (laughs) but (laughs) the song perfume
I love that song because there's there's such a there's such a wounded vulnerability because it's it's about if anyone doesn't know and actually there's a remix or like a it's not a remix it's like um it was the original version and then the radio the or the the record company was like that's not going to work for radio so they like re it's not a remix but do you know do you know what I'm trying to say uh, um like a re-edit rearranged yeah oh, okay re-arranged. yeah and I was going to say also, this is not the first time you have described this song on an episode. <laughs> this is probably, yeah, this is probably like the fourth time I've talked about this one. <laughs> but it's, she wrote the song with Sia. And there's, it's called like the Dreaming Mix or whatever. And that's the one I prefer. And Sia is so next level in her own way that I think mm-hmm. she could only do amazing things for Britney Spears. Oh, of course. And and Sia herself has such a unique voice yeah. to the point where I've heard songs and been like, this is Sia. And yep. not even with her singing, like we were watching Pitch Perfect 2 mm-hmm. and Haley Steinfeld started singing Flashlight and I leaned over to Kristen and I was like, this is a Sia song. And we watched yeah. the credits and sure. Yeah, she has a very distinct songwriting style. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wish that maybe Britney worked with her a little bit more because I miss that. It's not gone entirely, but I relish the moments when Britney's actual artistry comes out. Mm-hmm. Because another another one that's very on par with Perfume, the, la- the thing that I was trying to say about Perfume is I, I like that the- it's not something that I think we see a lot in pop music. We see it more in country mm-hmm. uh, and art, like maybe like blue stuff. But it's it's about it's about surrendering. It's about like it's it's Jolene. She knows her boyfriend's cheating on her with another woman and she doesn't go out and kick her butt. You know, it's like she just makes sure that she puts on extra perfume so the other girl can smell it. And it's It's just it's so (laughs) sneaky. I love it. (laughs) Well, but it's also just sad. It's also just it is very sad. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, arguably her masterpiece if you if you could distill it down to one masterpiece i i would say by artistic standards her masterpiece is every time mm. yeah oh yeah and yeah that's all her Although I, I would say her true bona fide masterpiece, <laughs> I would argue, even though it's maybe the least Britney of all her hits, is probably Toxic. Yeah, yeah, it's her most, it's her most prolific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would argue it's the most iconic one. Yeah, and it's certainly there, there's a thing amongst especially like gay Britney fans and stuff where it's like. This isn't me. It's just stuff I've seen, like scuttlebutt and stuff. But it's like there's a certain there's a feeling that straight people sort of took toxic that oh. it now belongs to weddings and stuff. <laughs> and it's Ew, like, weird. Why would you play that at your wedding? The same thing. <laughs> why? Literally, why on earth? Yeah, the worst. <laughs> I don't know. It's it goes in between the electric slide. And I mean, it's just it? no. Oh, my God. OK, let me take a floor. quick let me take a quick detour. Josh, have you ever watched Gilmore Girls? Yes. Okay, you know when Suki's getting married? Yeah. And she she wants to play that Ella Fitzgerald song, Can't Get Started, mm-hmm. as she walks down the aisle. And 
Lorelai is like, you absolutely cannot play that. It's about a woman who can't make her relationship with a man work. You can't play that walking down the aisle. That's just That's the, the only thing I can yep. think of. Well, I meant from receptions, not from like walking down the aisle. But still, even so. Still. I could you, you imagine? Want to, you want to dance to Toxic with your new husband or like wife? It, no, like, that's ridiculous. Not like a first dance. It gets the, it's a reception. It gets people on the floor. It's a crowd pleaser is what I mean. I guess. I'm not the one doing this, so I don't know why I'm arguing <laughs> Whatever, for it. Whatever, that is going to be what you walk down the aisle to. No. We've had these conversations. and I know, I know. But you could walk down the aisle to every time. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think I would be able to not think about the video where she dies in the bathtub. Yeah. Again, that's a, that's a video. I, I, I didn't mention that her video for Perfume was censored. So mm. the actual video is just bad. And <laughs> that's something that's happened a few times, but her video for every time was censored. It was a little bit more dramatic. I think she actively killed herself in the original treatment. Mm. Wow. Which weird. I don't know how I feel. I mean, I would I would have wanted to see it, but Yeah. But that is a gorgeous song though. And it's it, she did it on SNL. And did it, she? Oh, that's I don't right. I remember, I remember that. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Halle Berry was the host. It's huh. one of the few times that she she's playing the piano, her hands and everything, and she's singing the song, her vocals and everything. And they're they're fine. They're well, they're good for Britney vocals. Right. They're serviceable <laughs> pop vocals. Mm-hmm. But it's just so real that I I just love it. Mm-hmm. In the zone that was the album that Toxic and Every Time We're From, it was her fourth album. It was, it's considered by many, you know, her masterpiece. There's sort of a trifecta yeah. in, in Britney fandoms, and it's In the Zone, Blackout, and Glory mm. are considered, like, the three best albums. Yeah. And In the Zone, I just listened to it for the first time in years, full through, beginning to end, a month or two ago. And I was like, this album still slaps. It is still <laughs> so good. And I was relieved. I was relieved. And it's it's funny because it's like there's this thing, I think, with a lot of artists. And this is certainly once you get into the fandoms where it's like some of their best songs and their fans' favorite songs are songs that never were released. Mm. Oh, okay. Like Breathe On Me. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. She still performs it in concert today. Well, I'll, it still plays in concerts where she's standing on stage today. <laughs> <laughs> doing better she's okay i <laughs> she's doing good she she's, got her kids back she's good although mm-hmm. she retired sort of semi as of like a week ago right i know i'm jumping ahead oh, from like, far here but from like performing yeah but because, she's still on well her vegas re- residency i think has been indefinitely postponed because her dad is very sick oh, oh i saw something about right. that and yeah. i didn't yeah. follow up i did see that oh i heard that it wasn't doing well and i really wasn't too worried about it because i sort of felt like for starters she had been in vegas for what four years now yeah so yeah, a while it wasn't so much a like event concert i figured it would be more like a you know when you're in vegas and you're you've already done a couple things you're like oh britney's playing we could catch the concert in an hour like mm-hmm. 
Although I, I know someone personally who was a friend of mine up here who traveled to Las Vegas solely for Britney Spears. So, <laughs> oh, of course, when it yeah. when when yeah. the first show opened, yeah, I totally believe that. I, yeah. If I had any money, we'd if the <laughs> yeah. two, probably the three of us had any money, we'd be at Vegas watching Enigma right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> is that the Lady Gaga? Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it apparently has this like this crazy uh theme like set or not set um story it apparently has this crazy story trying to weave through the show and everybody's like we don't need that just sing the song sing the song yeah right <laughs> well it apparently made celine dion cry so yes. uh, that's a low bar well celine dion g- god bless her soul is a loon <laughs> so yeah she is a loon i'm honestly surprised that my brother-in-law hasn't moved back to vegas just so that he can go hang out at the lady gaga show every day <laughs> <laughs> but you know i think with britney it's i think it's easy to forget how much agency she actually has over her choices in her career i think a lot of people don't give her enough credit for that obviously she's you know she's a pop star she's a superstar all around the world but at the same time i think that she has kind of been able to make her own decisions on her own more so than a lot of people in her same position. You know what I mean? Like, or at least more so than people give her credit for. Like, I think there's an assumption that she's, um, you know, she's a producer's pet and she, you know, her agent. Got you. Her decisions. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Where it because well, I, it goes back to what Will said about all her like video concepts and stuff exactly. where it's like, she's making these decisions. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think people either they don't want to believe that she's doing that because they have, you know, preconceived notions about her or they, you know, again, it's it plays into that misogyny we talked about. You know, they, they don't want to believe that a woman of that caliber and, and of her status would be able to make choices like that. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, because uh, I was going to argue at first, but I, I agree with you in that regard. I do not think they treated her properly especially when she was younger i think that she was kept in this britney bubble because she has the it it's so funny looking back even at her earliest work she has this just borderline obsessive desire to break out of bondage Mm -hmm. and i remember her talking about you know she took a short hiatus i want to say in 2004 and she was talking about how she went to new york and got to go see wicked and normally she didn't get to do that. Like the way she was talking, she was like, she didn't, li- she didn't see movies. She didn't listen to music. She didn't go to plays and stuff. And so it was like, she mm, felt like God. she was, she was constrained, like in this Britney world yeah. where it was just Britney, Britney, Britney all the time. Well, and I remember, I'll always remember, cause I, you also made me watch it one time, but she, she went on Ellen mm-hmm. like really early. And she like, it was getting like she was giving nothing to Ellen mm-hmm. and Ellen finally was like, why don't we like shoot some basketball or something? And then she finally started talking because she s- stopped being self-conscious about what she was allowed to say. Well, she was so jaded because I like I said, I've revisited some of this stuff and her early career schedule was insane. I mean, she put out three albums in four years. She did three tours two of which i think were world tours it was like the amount of of appearances and stuff and 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 some of that i think disdain for her was more reactions to the state of pop music at that time because we were very saturated with the boy bands and the pop tarts and stuff yeah and i guess being the juggernaut that she was she took most of it 
But the Ellen interview, she just was a zombie. Like she just was. And you can tell that she has this when, when it was like one of her iconic songs and people asked someone recently asked her what it was about. And she was like, I don't think it's about anything. I think it's just a song. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, she doesn't know that this is about a song. But she, she, you can tell when she just sort of like. Well, like I said, she just kind of turns into a zombie and and she'll be like, it's about the music and dancing with your friends and stuff. And it's like, Brittany, this song is about masturbating. Right. You know yeah. that. Like, that wasn't <laughs> an accident. It's not about the music. But Ellen could just tell that it was just like that sort of automated response. So Ellen mm-hmm. started talking to her about her jewelry and she just <laughs> kind of sort of lit up. And then they went over her like exercise routines and they started like Kristen said, started shooting hoops and she just sort of blossomed in this way. It just is like that's the that's the time when I feel like it, it's difficult to remember that she was 16. Well, coming out. Yeah. 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 And it's like but even still, even four years later, she was only 20. But and but by that point, she hadn't had her teen years like it's it's just it's disgusting what we do to pop stars yeah and she's pretty much experienced the entire trajectory the trajectory of an entire career by that point by the time she was 20 yeah exactly Mm -hmm. that's that's insane if you think about it and then and 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 you're right and not only that but she then goes through it again two more times Mm -hmm. she then has highs and lows over and over again and there was a episode of south park that was well for South Park standards, it was funny. Uh, it was gross, <laughs> but the moral of the episode, it was about what we do to these people, and in particular women. And the take on it was the lottery. And it was that the people, the, the public wasn't satisfied until they had actually killed her. And it ended with the paparazzi stoning her to death. And oh the next scene was them shopping in like a grocery store talking about how fresh the harvest was and how beautiful, like how wonderful this wow. thing was. And then in the news playing behind them, there's like a news anchor talking about Miley Cyrus and they all kind of look to the camera and they're like, I feel like next year's harvest will be even better. Oh, yeah. Wow. And it's, it's, it's pretty dark. It's like <laughs> one of their, I think one of their uh, thematically best episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's she weirdly because in the episode, I'm just fair warning in case anybody goes to look for it. If you don't like South Park, this is not going to sell you because she goes to (laughs) she tries to kill herself early on in the episode because she's so misunderstood and she doesn't succeed, but she succeeds in blowing half her head off. So in the entire episode, she's missing half her head. So it is South Park. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, it's still, it's definitely still South Park. It's not like it grew a conscience or anything. Well, I, it did, but it's like, you have to be watching it. I think a lot of people's takeaway was, ha, 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 and it was like, well, you got to look past. Yeah. They use very extreme metaphors. Yes. But do we want to talk about 2007? I was actually going to bring that up pretty soon. Yes. Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> okay, go Did for it. Did you read my tweet yesterday about my coworker and the sweater she wore? No, I didn't. I didn't see that. <laughs> she wore a sweater to school. <laughs> um, it said mood, and on the back it said Brittany 2007. Oh, nice. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> when you go back on Monday, ask her where she got that, and I'm going to buy it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've seen that meme that says if Britney Spears could get through 2007, you can get through this. Yeah. And it's it's actually true. I remember feeling so betrayed when that stuff was happening. And I was in college at this point. I was at full sale and I walked into class the day after she shaved her head and the entire class was sort of like leaned forward on their knuckles waiting for me to come in. <laughs> and they were like, what do you think? And I hadn't heard yet. 
<laughs> and I just sort of was like, I remember being genuinely gutted, but also confused, like just baffled. And I had a shrine, a full-fledged shrine to Britney Spears that I packed up from Maryland and moved to Florida and reassembled. Like, <laughs> and the, the, like, the crowning piece of it was I had a subway poster, like the giant ones from the subways in New York or the metros or whatever. And it was the Oops, I Did It Again cover. It took up half my wall. Yeah. Wow. And it came down. That All that stuff came down then. And I, like, I also, I remember being angry and being like, I don't know why she's doing this. And I remember several years later, I was watching Anna Karenina. And there's a scene where Keira Knightley just starts hacking all of her hair off with scissors. And I suddenly was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. It it just no one it, no one gave me some clinical explanation this or that it just like I was just unfamiliar with that I thought why would she shave her head and then when I was like oh that's such such a trope in storytelling so much so that even in just like sitcoms it's like when a girl has a bad breakup she gets a haircut this is again with what we were talking about when we started the episode where it's sort of I didn't understand either I was just like what why is she crazy now that's weird and then I moved on with my life but it. <laughs> It is really, really interesting when you figure out that it, she literally had lost control of everything and it was the only way she could see to get it back. It's just, it's like, it's wild, under, like looking back at it with hindsight. Because at the time I was very similar to Will's reaction. I just had no idea. I was like, what a dumb move for her to make. And I there think was, I, it didn't, yeah, it didn't occur to me that there was something deeper right, going on. And I think the media framed it as she just lost her mind and went completely bananas yeah. when, you know, I, cause I remember feeling very sad about that. I'm like, well, we lost another, another pop star has gone down the tubes, you know, and, mm-hmm. yeah. and she was such a, such an important, our most important pop star really that we had seen in our generation. Yeah. At that point, you know? for sure. And, but I think that, you know, they're not going to, frame it like that you know they want the drama no that's not gonna yeah that's not getting clicks that's not getting right. you know people buying your magazine that's that's boring there was someone and i do not remember who it was it, i i have a memory of it being an unlikely source or, or like a one you wouldn't expect i do not think it was snoop dog it might have been ti but someone was like i remember that happening and the media storm surrounding it and he was like and i remember thinking it was sad because she had said something, I think she said it in the salon, because the paparazzi were there. Mm. But she said something where she was like, I'm just so sick and tired of everybody touching me. Yeah. And they, and she was talking about they kept touching her hair, people kept touching her hair. And I can see how that could drive a person insane. And then to yeah. be, because the celebrity culture of the mid-2000s was disgusting. And oh, so yeah. to see... Really disgusting. <laughs> to, because sure, you know, well, it was Paris, Britney, and Lindsay. And it's like, sure, there's a plenty of things you can say about those women, least of which Britney, in my opinion, but... Yeah, same. Oh, yeah. But when, when you're putting people in a situation 
and then blaming them for their for the behavior. It's like the way that the the press, the paparazzi, and and I mean, this is when the birth of TMZ. Courtney Cox mm-hmm. had a trashy show called Dirt. It's like th- that like celebrity meltdown thing. It's like they were some a little bit set up for failure. Well, it's a little similar to like the thing we always talk about, where it's like you know I don't care for the Real Housewives or the Kardashians or anything like that. But it's like these TV shows and these producers and these people are making these shows and then marketing them directly at only women. And then the women get shamed for watching it. And it's like, you made me do this. Why are you, why is this this. my fault? Yeah. So you're the ones who are to blame. It was Louis Vertel. He said, was it? Okay. He said, stop shaming women for enjoying entertainment that was created and marketed specifically to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, (laughs) it's ridiculous where it's, it's very similar where it's like, you put this poor girl in this situation where she was on call 24 hours a day for, you know, four to eight formative years of her life. And then she had a friggin' meltdown and Mm -hmm. she might have had an imbalance anyway. And then you just like piled on and piled on and piled on. And then she actually did have a meltdown and you were like, ha ha ha, what are, who do you think you are? You look stupid. And it's like, you did this to me. In some ways, I'm almost surprised that it didn't happen sooner, considering everything, her her life up to that point, you know? I think she was still fulfilled creatively Mm -hmm. Mm. because that's something that I think she hasn't yet recovered from. In my opinion, I think 2018 Britney is doing great. But there's still something that's like, I don't think that she feels this desire to create the way that she used to. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, that's fair. I think that that's what prevented it up until that point. I also think compounding the issue is the fact that she has her single. I don't I I don't know that I can say single most successful, but Blackout was hugely successful. She had an extremely popular era. And so imagine going through something like that. And, and then, then getting being, rewarded yeah, for it. It's, yeah. it's real weird. Because I watched I watched the 2007 VMAs live. Because I heard the song by I that point. I think I watched it with you. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I had heard the song. And it was, it was great. And I, w- I will say that's one of the few examples where her music, it, it was so timely. It was so of that time with the Timbaland yeah. and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I watched that that performance, and especially compared to what many people consider her her peak, was the O one VMAs, the Slave for You with the snake and the tigers oh, the snake. and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Also, that costume that, in my mind, is one of the single most beautiful and iconic costumes, mm-hmm. and. Because I thought that even watching Crossroads at the end when she's got the long, long, the long sleeves. sleeves. Yes. <laughs> I love this weird sort of fantasy hip hop vibe she had there. Yeah. Yeah. For like three years. It has it had such a formative, profoundly formative effect on my brain that the way that I design and draw things that is still there. Wow. Like. I wrote a book called Fairy Tale, and the way that mm-hmm. I describe what Rapunzel is wearing to the first ball is mm-hmm. the slave for you, but with an actual dress instead of jeans. <laughs> and it's That's different awesome. colors. But it is it's different similar. colors, but it's like it just there's times where I'll look back at that. It, it, it's different enough that you wouldn't I don't think you would know unless it was blatantly pointed out to you. But I'll look back at that and be like, this is just a Britney Spears dress. Like. Right. <laughs> Between that and the Moulin Rouge music video, like that's where I got all of my. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. did a number. 
we don't need to talk about the 07 VMAs. It was bad. Yeah. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. She, I, look, I don't feel good that Blackout is my favorite album. I don't feel good <laughs> that I contributed to that, but it's my favorite album. It's so good. It's full of nothing but jam. Right. You said you said when it came out that you were like, this is the this is one of those rare albums where every song could be a single. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I still I listen to Heaven on Earth. Oh, yeah. I like that one. Um, I want to say Hot as Ice is one of my one of the top ones. Mm. <laughs> I can't remember them all right now, but I do like that one a lot. <laughs> I helped a friend make a student video in college that used Get Naked, I Got a Plan. <laughs> so that was fun. <laughs> that one's good, too. Yeah, that, that one's good, too. So they're all good on this. <laughs> so um, I don't have a ton to say. Uh, I guess after that, we have Circus and Femme Fatale yeah. and Britney Jean and then Glory. Oh, I was going to ask what you guys think of, of Femme Fatale, because I think it's actually a little underrated. Sure. Yeah. I I found the theme of the album underwhelming the cover. Yeah. I don't think she has good covers. <laughs> yeah. Her album covers I don't think are iconic the way I wish they were, especially given the other visuals she gives us. Right. The first but two I remember finding... the first two yes, baby one more time and oops I did it again. Yes. The mm-hmm. rest of them eh, not so much. I mean, baby one more time is iconic in the way that it's like her first album, but like that yeah. cover is garbage. <laughs> like it looks right. bad it, but oops i did it again kind of kind of like set set the whole stage for the whole concept of Britney. yeah yeah that mm-hmm. one's great Fem patel i do think it was un- underrated certainly i mean my, the, the first thing that popped in my head was i want to go yeah actually one of my favorite britney songs is a deep cut from that one um he about to lose me i love that mm-hmm. song i remember it's so funny you brought that up because i was gonna say i remember kylie minogue tweeting that that song because oh, it okay. was from it was from like a special edition or something. And uh-huh. Kylie Minogue was like, this song is so good. It is. <laughs> I love it. Because I have that with her where some of my favorite songs, most of my favorite songs, if I made a list of my favorite songs from Britney Spears, they'd all be deep cuts. Yeah. Because one of my favorite songs that she's ever done is Brave New Girl from uh, In The Zone. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that she should have done a music video for it where yeah. she was like just emulating prior starlets like Marilyn Monroe and like Debbie Harry. That would be cool. Stuff like, no, I do. I do think Femme Fatale is good. And also, as I mentioned, Britney Jean is terrible. Yeah. But there are like two or three songs on that album that I really like. This conversation is all you guys. I have no input. <laughs> I've only listened to Britney Jean once, start to finish. Oh, I'm really? I'm not that familiar with it. Yeah. I wasn't, it, it didn't make any kind of impression on me. Well, it has a song that is... It's like glowing in its awfulness. <laughs> it's so bad, but I, I bet if you pulled my stats, I've listened to it 30, 40 <laughs> times. And it's a duet with her sister called Chillin' With You. Oh my and it's God. It's like Wit You. Yeah. And it's five it, different songs. It's five different. It goes to this, I don't, oh yeah, I see what that. Will okay. I Am was doing with her. Uh-huh. Because it starts kind of folksy, but then it has like a trap breakdown and it like, oh God. it's so, <laughs> oh my God, that sounds it's amazing. so weird. And 
It's so weird. <laughs> as soon as we're done, I'm going to go but, and listen to that song. <laughs> mm-hmm. that and then um, there's one on the, now that I found you. I love that song. And it's another one where the music is is at full war with her vocals. <laughs> and there are no survivors. It's oh, my so, God. Like, <laughs> I no one comes out on top. While I'm making dinner tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and frankly, I always liked Alien. I always thought Alien was good. And it just sort of went nowhere. Yeah. She intended it as a, as a single, but the yeah. album flopped. I, uh, work Bitch, honestly, Hand to God Work Bitch, I think is one of my top 10 favorite songs. You know, I, I, I got to be honest, I never got into that one. Most people didn't. Most yeah. people didn't. I don't didn't. love it either. Yeah. I love it again to bring up to bring up South Park again. They did a parody of it that <laughs> uh-huh. never ceases to make me just giggle. And their version of it is you better work out, slut. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like because it's the little like fourth grade girls. And they're like, you want nice things? You want to buy nice things? You better work out, slut. <laughs> oh, my like, God. It makes me laugh. It makes me laugh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I, I actually I have a, I have a go- <laughs> you don't have to I apologize. <laughs> No apologies. There's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, burn it off. You got this. You want to look pretty? You want a boyfriend? You want an ice You better work out, slut. You want nice things? You want boys to give you nice things? Better work out, slut. Look at those thighs. Come on, you got to push harder. Going back a couple albums, I have a very, very soft spot for If You Seek Amy. Do you? I do. I like that one, too. Yeah. The, the, the like, puns of yeah. it and everything. It's, not it's done real good. The wordplay. Well. I mean, like, it, the title is If You Seek Amy. It doesn't really make sense for the chorus to say they're begging to If You Seek Amy. It doesn't really make sense, but it also <laughs> makes sense at the same time. And I love the video. It's one of my favorite. Brittany, it's just, it's so much fun. I think she's at her best when she's sort of, like, cheekily antagonizing people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a hundred things to say about someone, about Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. many of which are good, some of which are bad. But I remember when Taylor Swift released Look What You Made Me Do, I hated that song so much. And I was like, you can't pull this off. But I was like, you know who could have pulled that song off is Britney Spears. Yeah. It's just, there's there's something like, about... Like, oh, five Britney could have mm-hmm. pulled that oh, yeah. off. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, the, the, there's just when, when she when she really gets it, she prowls like yes, <laughs> it, it's and I, I I had the privilege of seeing her live. Wow. It was the Dream Within a Dream tour, so it was when she was good, <laughs> and she could fill an entire arena with just her presence. So mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't care if her mic was and the the understanding amongst fans was always that she is singing. She just had backing vocals. Yeah. And that was true for a large extent. And then once we got into Femme Fatale and. Yeah, but here's my thing with that, too. That's another one of those things where it's like you're making me do this and then blaming me for it is because 
all of the pop from the late 90s until the mid 2000s was so dance heavy. Like you had to have all this insane choreography. Nobody can <laughs> sing true. live while they're doing that. You just can't. And so then it's like, well, oh some, my God, well, they're lip syncing. Some and people it's like, can. What the fuck did you expect? Right. Some people can, but it requires skill because Pink can do it. But well, she also sure, went to circus school those, for two years. She took like, all of those aerial <laughs> yoga shit classes. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's very difficult. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and the people you who know, are making that to... criticism to try and do those dance moves as it is, mm-hmm. and yeah. then try to sing on top of it. Exactly. You, you, it's a trade-off. It's like, do you want live music, or do you want to go see a show? If you want live music, you know, Ben Folds is down the street. Right. <laughs> that you're going to see a show when you're going to see Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different situation. I would have never been disappointed if she wasn't singing live right. when I saw her. Well, and she always came out and did a bit like she would come out and do like three slow songs where she laid on a piano in a gown and she would yeah, be singing right. live. So she again, she's not Adele. Like that's Adele's whole thing. Britney Spears is putting on a show. Adele is singing for you. Exactly. It makes me it makes me cr- really cranky. <laughs> I did want to do before we get into Crossroads, I did want to just do a quick sort of like justice for glory because I thought glory was such a great album. It's quintessential Britney. It's mm-hmm. kind of funky. It's kind of dorky. It's kind of sexy. It's kind of everything, but I loved make me. And that's another one that's was weirdly topical for her. Like it was kind of of the moment. Mm-hmm. Cause that, that smooth R and B type. Or silky, yeah. I don't know. That was sort of happening at that moment. I think that album is so good. I wish it was a bigger hit. I wish she had done more uh, music videos. I want the original video for Make Me released. Mm. It was crazy. David LaChapelle won. And she was naked, covered in red glitter in a cage with tigers around her. And at one point there was a swimming pool. And that's not the video they released. The video they released is stupid. It's (laughs) her auditioning background dancers. Uh. Oh, right. You made me watch that. I want the original video. I want a video for Do You Want to Come Over? And I want that video to be the Odyssey. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would be so funny if, because Do You Want to Come Over is basically Netflix and chill the song. And I think it would be so (laughs) funny if like, it was like the Odyssey, like the sirens and Cersei and like all these crazy monsters and goddesses trying to seduce like. (laughs) Oh my God. That's my, that's my thing for Glory. I'm totally um. here for that. <laughs> <laughs> she has a song on that album that's in French gibberish. It means nothing. <laughs> that's so funny. That's so weird. Like, yeah. And it's not even that weird because it's all Yonsei does anyways. It's all Sigur Ross right. does anyways. It's just <laughs> Icelandic just gibberish. Make up, make up nonsense. <laughs> just <Yeah>. nonsense. <laughs> and all the other songs have no titles anyway, either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, go off, Brittany. Like... So do we want to get into Crossroads before we? Yeah. Yes. I didn't see this in the theater, I don't think. I saw it a couple years after when it was on DVD. And this, I think, is actually only the second time I've ever seen it. It is a lot. <laughs> but 
similarly to burlesque, I think it holds up better than it should. Okay. I, I agree with you. I, I don't think it's good, but it's not bad. There are far worse pop star film vehicles in this film. Far, far worse. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. I did also want to say that this is a moment that I feel a little bad for Brittany as well, because I feel like she really wanted to break into acting. It, it feels like that coming across. And I just think she is so sweet and cute as a button. And she's just didn't like learn enough or didn't take long enough to do it or something like that. She's just not very good in this movie. Oh, except for at certain points. She has moments where she is very good, but there's that over earnest thing that I hate that she does. Yeah, she gets by on her screen presence for sure. And yes, it, absolutely. Yeah. And I always have kind of come a little bit to the defense of pop stars who are acting in the sense of pop stars are always acting. That's what they do 24 mm -hmm. seven. Yeah. That's their life. When they're on stage, they're acting. When they're in the, you know, doing interviews, they're acting. When they're, walking down the street shopping they're acting you know like that's and i completely agree with that but there is a difference between that and mm -hmm. doing it in a movie oh with sure people yeah, yeah who are actually good well it's like i yeah, remember Nicki yeah. minaj was in i can't remember the movie i think cameron diaz was in it but people were like Nicki minaj thinks she can act and i'm like what the fuck do you think she's doing all the time she's right. nothing but characters yeah. and her only issue Nicki's only issue and i i would say a similar thing for britney is any craft, any skill needs to be honed. It's not that she doesn't yeah. possess it. Like, <laughs> no, I right. totally agree with that. I just think I think in Crossroads she was too green, and when it didn't do great and it was not critically very well received, I think she gave up on it. And I think if she were to go back to it, or if she'd kept doing it, she would have gotten better, yeah. especially in comedy. Well, she is good because yeah. she's done a handful of TV stints. She's on yeah. like five episodes of How I Met Your Mother. She's on she was on Will and Grace, she was on Glee. She's very funny, albeit it is a heightened three camera sitcom studio audience type of acting. I think she could pull it off in a movie where she wasn't the lead. Like if if they had swapped mm -hmm. it out and Zoe Saldana was the lead and she was Kit, I think it might have worked. Yeah. Or even I, I was saying that it's like and this the timing isn't right by a few years, but this type of thing. It's like had her first movie been something like Can't Hardly Wait and she was playing sure. Melissa Joan Hart's role. Mm. Yes. Like had 100%. she done like a secondary type of thing where all of the pressure wasn't on her. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing, which which we talked about in the burlesque episode, too, which is just like, it seemed like the thing to do for these poor pop stars is to immediately go whole hog and be the lead in a movie. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, that's like a whole different animal. You really should work up to that. And it's like, while, you know, Mandy Moore did the same thing, she's a gifted actress. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, she's like a naturally gifted actress who has since honed her skill more. But it's like they didn't I, I feel like neither one of them, Christina or Brittany or Jessica Simpson, started off the right way. They just like, you know, eyes closed, head first, can't lose kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it do it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Like diving off a cliff backwards, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> when I sat down because I, I saw Crossroads in the theater and I remember not really caring for it all that much because mm. I wanted a feature-length Britney Spears music video. 
Ah, okay. So, you know, basically if 16-year-old me had seen Burlesque, I think he would have exploded. Sure. <laughs> because, that makes sense. But, it, like, I remember being just sort of... And there was, there was also a strange... At the time, I felt like it was this really strange adult presence in Crossroads that put me off. Yeah. In what capacity? Oh, the teenage pregnancy, the oh, sex oh, okay, stuff. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, Taryn Manning, they don't say the word, but Taryn Manning but was she raped. Got raped. She was raped, yeah. 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 <clears throat> well, and, Shonda Rhimes wrote this movie, if that helps you. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so I remember almost having like a pit in my stomach. I didn't want to watch it. And I put it on and I got maybe 10 minutes in and I was like, this is not nearly as bad as I remembered it being. Same. Yeah. And... It this movie is completely on par with a decent lifetime movie. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking mm-hmm. the exact same thing. Again, I think I think she's fine. I don't think she's she's not being outperformed by Zoe Saldana and Taryn Manning, you know, like Right. Well, she's not being outperformed by Taryn Manning. I think she, I think everybody's being a little outperformed by Zoe Saldana. Do you? She was I she came out the gate pretty fully formed in my opinion (laughs) like with this and with uh center stage which was Mm -hmm. right around the same time and those were like two of her earliest things i think she had a iron grasp on what she was doing she got Mm -hmm. this role because of center stage did she yeah she's great in center stage because they thought her her actual audition was medium but Mm. both britney and the producer liked her in center stage so they they had her come in to do a like chemistry test with the three of them Oh, funny. Yeah, she's really the only one who can hold their own against Britney's presence. Yeah. Mm. There's also a funny special feature on the DVD, and it's just Zoe Saldana going to the premiere. Like, the cameras are with her, and it was her second movie premiere ever. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And I'm sure it was a lot bigger than the center stage one. (laughs) I, uh, I, so I read the trivia while I was watching, and the one thing that I could not stop thinking about is that Anson Mount did not want to take this movie because he yeah. thought the script was cheesy. <laughs> and then he was, he was shooting a movie when he like got the offer or whatever. Uh, he was shooting a movie with Robert De Niro, who is apparently <laughs> a Britney stan, and like insisted that he take the movie. And so he ran lines with Anson Mount. And so Robert De Niro was running Britney Spears's lines to Anson Mount for like practice. And I just I couldn't stop thinking about him rehearsing these lines with Robert De Niro. And I just my brain exploded. I thought it was amazing. So I had to share. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Anson Mount was almost he was almost 30 when he did this movie. Was he really? Yeah. yeah. Too old. <laughs> yeah. Too old in my opinion, but yes. He was he was cute. Uh I, I remember not oh, really I love him. I, rem- I love him. Yeah, I like I remember too. not really feeling anything for him when I was watching it, but I wasn't well, I also I wasn't prepared for this because I, I think it's a fine enough story. And I, I I was watching it knowing, all the while knowing Shonda Rhimes wrote this. And then when I mm-hmm. watched the behind the scenes stuff. They explained that it was actually Shonda Rhimes wrote it, but it's Britney's idea. Mm. Oh, she wow. came up with the idea and explained the story to like Shonda Rhimes, like what she wanted to happen. And she fascinating. Kept, it doesn't it make everything make sense? It, it really does. So. You know what? For me, it honestly elevates the movie a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it makes me it makes me appreciate it on a on a different level and yeah wow she said she wanted it to be real she didn't want it to be makeup and special effects and stuff she wanted it to be issues that teens and especially girls 
were going through and she didn't yeah. want it to talk down to them. She wanted it to to be sort of like a good moral. And when you go back and examine all of the scenes, I think that's pretty accomplished. Yeah, it it for sure I does agree. that. Especially because like at the beginning when <laughs> little Justin Long is trying to have sex with her, um and she it it never is 100% um oh shoot, what's the word I want? Well, she it's, never it's never she gross. never 100 no, well, it's never gross. That's true, but it, she also never completely gets her point across. the The furthest she gets in saying what she means is, "Do you really want your first time to be with your lab partner?" But it's like what she's trying to articulate is like, "Don't you want to be in love with somebody?" And it's clear that he is at least physically in love with her. But <laughs> she's like, "It's that's like such a big idea that a, a lot of teenage girls are can't really articulate." And so. That's an, a really good and simple way to put that through. It's like, do you really want it to be with your lab partner just because it's like something you agreed on? Like, no, that's not right. <laughs> I like that. Well, this just blew wide open for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny thinking about the criticism that this movie got when it came out. You know, people were saying that it was too geared towards young girls. And, <laughs> you know, and there you go with that whole misogyny thing again. Yeah. You know, look, look, who, look who these film critics who are who are making these, you know, assertions. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. middle-aged white dudes mm-hmm. who have no, you know what I mean? Who have no frame of reference for that at all. Yeah. And by virtue of it being a movie for young girls, it's, you know. Because I think this movie is good for like that 10, between like 10 and 15, 16 age range. Yeah. Sure. All of the stuff is handled very pragmatically, even the teen drinking, because it's like they don't drink at the bar. And right. he even is like, let's get you guys out of here. And then once they're safe in a hotel room, they like partake in responsible kind of like uh-huh. coming of age type drinking. Yes. You know, oh God, it's so funny, too, because my biggest complaint about this movie was like the sexual politics, how they don't age well, specifically when they're at the bar. Anson and the guy, the guy like tries to assault her essentially. And Anson Mount says something where he's like, I'm not mad at you for what happened back there. And I was like, oh, that's right. I was like, what? I was like, she got assaulted. Why on earth would you be mad at her? Right. But it's again, it's sort of a shortcut to that kind of behavior because Mm -hmm. young guys do act like that. And then my other complaint was Mm -hmm. that he just was like, when they're driving his car, he's like, I'm a guy and this is my I'm car. I'm a car with a bunch of chicks. Yeah. And I just was like, what? And I was, so I was like, because it, it reminded me a lot of the showgirls where it was like, guys know about cars and being guys and like those two things and that's it. But it's so interesting because there are dudes like that. And I'm sure she was around yes. a lot of dudes like that. And so this is so real for her. Well, I love it. I, I love it now. <laughs> I don't want to take this immediately away from you, but those two scenes were things the production company insisted on. Okay, even better. The the yeah. the the scene where she was like assaulted at the bar is not in Shonda Rhimes' script. They that makes me feel even better about it though, because I know that it wasn't the fault of women. <laughs> yeah. They wanted a moment for him to kind of shine and be a tough guy. And so well, it didn't work. I mean, some shining moment there. <laughs> I think at worst, it, all of even even his little fit, which by the way I think is hilarious. And it is hilarious. It is really it's it is well funny. performed, and it's like a funny. It's fun, like you know, funnily scripted and everything. But it just, I was like, geez, you know, 
It was definitely eye roll inducing. Yeah. yeah. Was it? Uh, I Well, apparently he was surprised when every screening, the audience of primarily young girls laughed. Oh, <laughs> he didn't know it was funny. And that's like him kicking is probably the, the funniest bit in the, in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think I think what they're with that scene, I think what they're trying to get to is a is a authentic and decent point. I just think they do a juvenile job of it because it's sure. like the whole I'm a the whole I'm a dude. It's very Riverdale. Like I'm a weirdo. It's like yeah, <laughs> you can convey yeah. this you have to spell it all out. <laughs> yeah, you can convey the feeling of being insisted like like having well having these women thrust into yeah, your life losing losing no some of your regard. bad boy agency. Like it's like yeah, because I like that he doesn't stay with them in the hotel. He goes off and and finds his own thing to do. Yeah. It was so funny because all of the things that I remembered not liking about this movie, rewatching it, I was sort of like, oh, you know what? This is actually, I mean, the things that they're they're attempting to tackle, that, that plot with her mother, brilliantly played by Kim Cattrall. Yeah. <laughs> who I guess was kind of offended when they had offered her the role. Oh. But the other. That, no, well, she that was, seems Steve on par. She was in the middle of. Yeah, she was in the middle of Sex in the City when they made this, mm-hmm. and so she's probably like, "Excuse me, I have to play Britney Spears' mom." And she's you know? Sarah, old enough. Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker and Cynthia Nixon and Kristen Davis insisted she do it. Yeah, I and mean, so why she not? Was it's like, like such a blip. Well, she said she was like, "If I'm gonna have to start playing mothers, this is a good yeah one to do it." Well, that was also uh, that was also one of the things that I I, when you said it felt too adult because of like some of the sex stuff and things like that and the pregnancy and whatnot. That was one of the things because it doesn't come from Kim Cattrall. It comes from Brittany later when she's telling uh, Kit and is it Mimi Mm -hmm. when she's telling them about the meeting with her mother. And she said she she said my dad made her have me. And I'm like, that's a thing to throw down. That's, yeah. Because that's pretty icky, too. Yeah. and Like, insisting that someone go through with a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's... <laughs> I, I didn't... <laughs> that, whole, that whole plot thread with her mom, I don't know. I think that was the one plot point that I kind of struggled with a little bit. Okay. <laughs> I, I Just, Yeah, why? I'm curious why. Well, more so that there wasn't really... I didn't feel like there was really any payoff. Mm. when all was said and done like she like her mom just you know she went to go visit her mom i mean the whole purpose the whole trip was designed around this and for her to just be kind of like yeah i didn't want you and then Brittany kind of just she just had you know a little five minute cry everything's <laughs> fine for that you know like it just seemed i don't know it didn't it rained false to me a little bit i do understand where you're coming from that it didn't have like further repercussions However, uh-huh. with what Will said about it being like real things that real people have to, uh, you know, handle in their their everyday lives and stuff, I think that makes a lot of sense to me where it's like sometimes you don't like I think it would have been really trite if the mom had been like, oh, my God, of course, and I'll help you sell you set you up in Los Angeles. Don't even worry about it. Like mm-hmm. that would have rung false to me. So I'm kind of sure. glad, and I, and I didn't even really need that so much. It just felt like it was like it was it was dropped completely. Mm-hmm. Like even if even if yeah. there was some sort of like, I don't know, even even if if that had, how am I trying to say this? But like, even after she had met her mom and her and they had that 
conversation about you know how she didn't want her and everything that if if that had even been explored a little bit further between the two of them or even just with Brittany herself as a character or mm-hmm. Lucy as a character I think I would have been a little more satisfied with it I I get that uh because it, it then turns into it go, it goes from Lucy wanting to reunite with her mother to Lucy competing on America's Next Top Singer like yeah right so <laughs> right we go from A to Z and with really nothing to tie it together. Kim had a little bit more material that they cut because they thought it undercut the scene in the bathroom. If she's mm. telling the oh, okay. audience information they already know. Right. But Kim's yeah. last line was very, she sort of like apologized to Brittany and essentially said something to the effect of, you know, she was like, I'm very sorry that I can't give you what you want. But I have a life and a family now here, and I hope you understand and won't intrude on that. Mm. And I think I mean, that's a pretty dick thing to say to your 18 year old daughter. But whatever. It's a lot. (laughs) And again, I I mean, I think that that is, however unfortunate, it is authentic. It is something that that young people go through. And I'm sure when you've lived most of your life burying those feelings anyway, you've become so programmed, you know, that maybe... Like, okay, this is, I'm just going to continue on as I was, you know? Yeah. Does that make, you know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know if I'm explaining that well. Okay. This is not a good movie. It's biggest crime, in my opinion, is it's juvenile. There, there's just a handful of things that if, if you're watching this with a logical adult mind, it's like, how did you not think to bring money? How did, did yeah. you not think to, I mean, this yeah. is before smartphones, so you had to make a plan. And, and the way that they stumble upon it in the movie, I think it's... Like, I would have, again, I would have bought that when I was 10 or 12. Mm -hmm. I would have been like, oh, no. But it's like, and even just some of their fighting, especially, I was was so glad when it stopped, when they did kind of become friends again. And also, do we want to touch on Zoe Saldana's whole thing, the goal weight thing? That was oh, crazy yeah. to me. Uh, Well, (laughs) I, it, okay, so I had forgotten that this, the setting before the road trip is Georgia. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense to me as someone who lived in South Carolina for six years. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, I don't personally know if I was friends with anybody that went to fat camp, but I understand that superficial Very desire. Pa- like a pageant mentality. Yeah, like pa- like not necessarily even pageant moms, but like I was friends with some debutantes. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. went that like legitimately went to like a real actual cotillion. Mm hmm. So I wow. I get that part of it, but I think it it does suck. But I do like that sh- her the like resolution of that where she's like turns out the only thing that's worse than being fat is being prettier than my mom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> you're the winner. So I when I when I glanced at the reviews because I didn't write it down. Shit, I think it was like a fourteen on Rotten Tomatoes. And seriously, it's way better than that. I mean, I don't I don't know because I also it's a thing that we like to do a lot, Josh, where it's like we try Mm. to look at movies within context, like who the intended audience is. And so you mean like how you should if you're writing (laughs) professional movie reviews. I mean, (laughs) I think that there's an argument to be made several different. Well, yes, 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 yes. But I also I, the, the the bad re- there were so many bad reviews and then the bad reviews were very scathing. But I also found it f- funny how so- kind of inconsistent they were because it's like they would call it d- one review would call it dull and then the other one would call it inappropriate. And then one of them called it glossy bubblegum pop. 
And I was like, what part of this movie is glossy? <laughs> like, yeah, where are you? Someone called it phony, but then someone called it like maudlin. Someone called it demanding. And then someone called it unintentionally <laughs> hilarious. I'm like, where? What? What <laughs> part of this movie was unintentionally <laughs> hilarious? I think I laughed three times and all three times it was things that were intended to be. And it yeah. just the utter disdain for young women and Britney especially was just seeping out of these reviews. Yeah. It was so it was making me angry reading them. Yeah. In 2019, that's very disturbing. A lot more disturbing than it was when the movie came out. Oh, yeah. I can see that for sure. And I, I think a lot of them were raging against the state of pop music more so who, it, unfortunately, Britney was the the, the figure. The but scapegoat, yeah. Right. Someone named Joe Blow's Movie Emporium said, see Britney wiggle her ass. See Britney skimp around in a pink bra and undies. Okay. Remind me again why this movie is different than watching her in real life. Okay, the pink brawn undies are out for like one second. And I this is this is a true story. Brace both of your both yourselves. <laughs> okay. Pearls are being clutched imminently. <laughs> we had a morning I, I was on the announcements, the morning news announcements in my high school, and there were uh-huh. these two dudes who did movie reviews. And one of them, all I will say is oh, that no. his name was Matt gave this movie a thumbs down or an F or whatever. And his reasoning was because Britney Spears has never looked so fat. And that (gasps) aired. Oh, my God. That aired (laughs) on our high school news. Do I know this, Matt? Mm. No. Okay. I wanted to say he was nicer than that, but I I might be confusing that with cute. Okay. But I and I remember my teacher kind of like rolled her eyes, but that was it. And it, yeah, I mean, he that, would he would be suspended now. That struck me. Because also, again, where? Yeah, she's not fat at all. She's is no. it just that she's wearing a t-shirt and sweatpants? Is that what you think I fat means? Say it. <laughs> it's a costuming. Her wardrobe, her wardrobe was so unfortunate. That's wow. that's another thing that I, I have it more so with the beginning of the movie than the end. But I, I was annoyed that this movie was so tied to her image at this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. But again, it's like I when I was watching these, I was watching Eagle Eye, watching her reactions, and I was surprised by how restrained she was. Mm -hmm. Even when Mm. like when he picks up the suitcase and her foot is on it and she trips backwards. And when she's walking away, she kind of like shakes her head and rolls her eyes. And it's like she could have Hannah Montana. I was honestly thinking the same thing, especially. And I wanted to I did want to touch on this, too, though. Her scenes with, even though Zoe Saldana is the best one, the scenes with the three girls are the best scenes. Once they're friends, Absolutely. they are the chemistry between the three of them is great. You, it seems like they actually like had a good time together, which I th- always really yeah. appreciate. And it, they're they are able to make their friendship feel really lived in in a way that doesn't happen in a lot of movies like this. But I believe that they mm-hmm. were friends and then middle school happened and then they stopped being friends. It was all very good at, up into up and including something that we still say to this day, which is me and Kit voted and you lost, which comes back like three <laughs> times. And I, it's just so cute where it's like you can tell that's something they used to say when they were kids, you know, you know, me and Kid voted, me and Lucy voted, whatever. And I just, I don't know. I really, I really appreciated their friendship a lot more this time around. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. I did also want to say um, Taryn Manning's skeezy boyfriend from the beginning is also mm-hmm. in Never Been Kissed. 
That, yep. He, I couldn't, I looked him up and I didn't get I that far think, down. But. I think he's Jessica Alba's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I remember, I was like, I had a crush on that dude when I was 16. He's got that, something. like, sexy hair that sticks straight up. Is he not married to Amy Smart now? I have no idea. Maybe. Can we talk about how my heart stopped beating when Shania Twain started playing <laughs> in the car? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> turn it on, turn it on. It, oh my god there's never been a more 2002 moment in any feature film i don't think <laughs> well i think it's i think it's timeless are you kidding that could happen in a movie that comes out next week yeah it could <laughs> that's it's true super good. that's true that, that's true and again it's like though as kristen said like the gender politics of his like hissy fit aren't aren't expressed well i think that whole scene like the him waking up with the three of them doing that and they were friends. It, apparently, they were like nightmares on set because they couldn't get them to like stop giggling. Oh, that's actually and so great! I love it. <laughs> they were they were like yeah. all over the place. And and you're right that it, it, this this was this was a a, a women's movie. Mm-hmm. The producer was a woman. The director yes. was a woman. The writer was a woman. They were on set. Also, um, she made a comment. There's a commentary. I listened to it. I watched this movie twice. <laughs> the producer was talking about how they closed the set the day that she had her scene with Justin Long, who apparently improvised his entire performance. Oh, I, that doesn't surprise wow. me. He's very good at stuff like that. D- does that mean he improvised the baby powder? Because that was my favorite part. Yep. Okay. Yep. Because <laughs> I just was like, now you're just covered in baby powder. That's not sexy mm-hmm. either. He did that. And um, <laughs> they closed the set because she said everybody, everybody showed up that day. Set Agents, like... Just all these people like, I better stop by and see what's going on. She's just wearing her underwear. It's no more than you've ever, no less than you've ever seen her wear before. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't know. Dudes are the worst. Her vocals when she's singing Not a Girl are all real. Those are all authentic because the song had not been recorded yet. Oh, cool. And it was also, it was the piano riff was written in less than a day from a, they got the demo the day before. Wow. And it wasn't in her key. <laughs> and so oh, there's wow. even a part in the uh, movie where she says that part's a little low. And that's just uh, that's just, she just said oh, okay. that. I, she just said that. Yeah. OK, because I, I was when I was watching it today, I was like, that's not in her range. She doesn't have the range. I'm sorry, Shelly. I love it a bit, but she doesn't have the range. I was like, pull it, pull it back <laughs> up, Anson Mount. <laughs> but those are all her her authentic vocals and stuff. Well, fun. Uh, another thing that I like. And another thing I like. And it had to be pointed out to me. I didn't notice it myself. But it was that we don't actually see her win any, win the contest. Yeah. Because that's not the point of the movie. Mm -hmm. The point of the movie Mm -hmm. is just doing it. So, you know, I I think that this is a very specific movie for a very specific audience. Yeah. And not really for anyone outside of that audience. But if you were in that audience and you have young people who, young children or no young people who would be even remotely inclined, uh, with the understanding that there is a little bit of mature subject matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I say it's a solid PG-13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mm-hmm. that's the thing, too, is like when I saw this, which must have been like 2003 or 2004. 
it, some of that stuff didn't hit me the way it hit me now. Like mm-hmm. Taron Manning's rape didn't yeah. hit me the way it was supposed to in 2002, but it hit it hit and me sh- the right way now. <laughs> Shonda could not say the word she remembered. Oh, she was wow. talking about yeah. like how they had to like wow. dance around it. Yeah. Which is kind of realistic, too, because, I mean, if you've been traumatized like that, it's hard to utter those sure. words. You know? Yeah. Well, and also her character, because she had, she, Taryn had scenes that were cut with her home life mm. that they thought ruined oh. the pacing of the movie. But they uh-huh. decided it was better because the scenes were even bleaker. Yeah. And they were like, her performance did the work. So it's like mm-hmm. someone like her character, you can see how she wouldn't, she, she would just. Well, yeah, because she I doesn't even be- consider she doesn't really consider it that way. She just, what she literally says to Lucy is, I, from a trailer park, what, what are they going to do? Yeah. 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 So, uh, I guess since it sounds like we're wrapping up, I will close with a anecdote that actually is not as funny now <laughs> that we've decided the movie is not that bad, <laughs> but I was in a writing class in 2007 and I, I I don't remember what the test was exactly, but I, within the test, I had to give an example of symbolism. Mm. Oh. <laughs> this <laughs> part, knows the this story. part is, the movie as a whole is fine. This part is still so ham-fisted. So continue your story. <laughs> and so I wrote pretty much like word for word the scene, it, just thinking it was funny. I just, because I didn't care about this class. I just wrote the scene where Taryn Manning goes to run away and falls down the stairs. And then it cuts to her keychain of the world falling down the stairs. <laughs> and when we were, I forgot I even did it. And when we were like getting our test back, the teacher like read it to the class and he was like, this is one of the best examples I've ever seen. I love it. It's not a good <laughs> it's example. So it's so ham fisted. <laughs> And I just was like, all my friends were kind of looking at me and I was like, it's from Crossroads. I love it. Oh, my God. I just like uh, it. I mean, sure. It definitely tells the story. It says exactly what it needs to be saying and everything. But like it is too much. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's great. I know we're wrapping up, but but two things I wanted to, to mention is a... The movie starts with Madonna's Open Your Heart, which is brilliant. And I just wanted to just tell the listeners that. Yes. In case you no, forgot. No, that song is is <laughs> spectacular. And that scene yes. was added well after the fact oh. because they didn't want her being able to sing to come out of left field. Oh, okay. Smart. So oh, that was yeah. a late okay. addition. And also it was originally supposed to be like a virgin, but they decided that was too on the nose. That's way too on the on nose. The nose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, does anybody know how Dan Aykroyd got involved in this film? I have no idea, but apparently he I'm was like the most the most that. prepared. He built a whole backstory for his character having been in the Navy. He had his friend draw a Navy tattoo on his arm. Wow. He did like so huh. much prep work. And I was like, seriously? And it's such a one-dimensional character. He really is. <laughs> but I just, yeah, who knows? They talked about it. And honestly, I kind of, I zoned out at that moment. But they were just saying that they wanted... They wanted someone likable because they knew the character was a bit of a, like, not a pill, but a a little bit of a gruff dad. And I honestly do not remember specifically how he came up, but there is is some footage where he's, and it's, like, funny, but he's on set. They were talking about how prepared he was, and he's talking Mm. about how great he is, (laughs) and he's, like, he's, oh, shit, what does he say? He says, um... He goes, I mean, what more do you want? I'm a ghostbuster. I'm a conehead. I'm a blues brother. Like, 
I, I was looking at the Wikipedia page um, for this movie, and I was I read through the plot synopsis, and it referred to her dad as abusive, which I thought was a little overkill. Well, I mean, no, it, I, I I didn't see him as abusive at all. Overbearing, sure. Overbearing, yeah. Unless you want to count him forcing Kim Cattrall to go through with a, a pregnancy. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> right, right, right. That's true. But I that's also pick, her I mother's version that. of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Her mother might be an unreliable narrator. I did I did really like the opening of the IMDb synopsis, which just says three best friends get together and bury a box. Oh god. <laughs> yes. Oh god. <laughs> and well, I just was like, what? Uh I have another this is a personal note, but Kit's friend at the prom graduation, which Yeah, I Shonda didn't get Rimes that either. Acknowledged was baloney. She just wanted everyone to be in dresses and tuxes. Okay, fair. <laughs> she was like, "I know that this is not a thing," but Kit's friend at the at the prom graduation is an actress by the name of Shonda Farr, mm-hmm. who I have worked with. Oh, <laughs> she's oh wow, she's great. She's a Louisiana talent, local talent, and um, she's she did like a she did a bunch of things. She doesn't as according to IMDb, she doesn't do a ton still. But Kristen knows her because she's in an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, my God. Is she mm. the one who's the robot? Mm-hmm. OK. All right. All right. <laughs> and then this is just a note that I wanted to mention. But the song that plays when Brittany and Anson Mount have sex, which is an incredibly tasteful sex scene. It's very. Yeah, it is very yes, tasteful. Given because, again, I think this would be good depending on how mature they are for younger kids mm-hmm. because it's it's mm-hmm. very sort of like you can go with it where you will. But it's right. by an artist uh, by the name of Nick Acosta who never quite took off, but I always kind of liked her. And the song is titled So Have I For You. Hmm. And it itself contains a sample, a really rad sample of a Beastie Boys song. But oh. it's just... <laughs> Wow. I always loved that song because I had her album and when it was playing in this movie, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, that's We've funny. talked about it once before because it's her song is the one that plays when Erica walks out all sexy and teen wolf. Yeah, okay. Well, and, and another Beastie Boys connection is um, uh, Tamara Davis, right? Mm-hmm. Davis, the director. Tamara Davis. She's director. She's married to Mike D of the Beastie Boys. Oh, oh is she really? <laughs> she That's is. Fun. Yeah. So just make another random Beastie Boys connection. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> so I think that yeah. is. Uh, that's the end of my. I mean, I could keep talking, but <laughs> no, <laughs> we're, we're, we're at ninety minutes. In we the should stop. Of time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed it for what it was, and. I would watch it again at some point. Would you? Yeah. It was. I was. I really. I was very prepared for you know the absolute bottom of the barrel, but it was not at all. No. It had been many years since I see. I own it, but I haven't watched it since I bought it like ten years ago. Yeah. So. Same. Thank you all for listening, and please um, remember to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show, and. Um, yeah, that's all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. I will talk to you soon. Hey. Yep. Bye. Hey, bye. It's time that I learn to face up to this on my own. I've seen so much more than you know now. So don't tell me to shut